I was like, I don't think we're safe with these two. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to. And then the guy, the guy goes to Connor, who do you get? Who do you get all the time? <laughs> Sean Hayes. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say Edward Norton from Fight Club. No, that's my turn. I go, sometimes he gets Edward Norton. I was trying to be in your corner. <laughs> Hi, Nico. What's up, Con? Not much. I love you. I love you. No homo. Mm, a little bit of homo for me. Just a little bit. Just a smidge. From two guys who are never part of the boys club, we want to welcome you to ours. Welcome to Boys Club. This is our podcast. About boys. And about other things. Like their clubs. And the things we were a part of. Hockey. And we're not a part of. Bagels. Wait, did you say we were a part of hockey? I wasn't. Me neither. Welcome to the club, boys. Grab a bagel. Gra- what do boys <laughs> Grab a bagel. I was like, what do boys eat? <laughs> Isn't it weird when your roommate's gone all day and you're like, what do you do all day? Yeah, but he's probably at work. Like, mine will post Instagram stories. Always a repost. And I'm like, you're not... <laughs> no original oh, content. Never original content. And I'm like, where are you posting this from? Like, are you? where are you sitting? Like, where you're scrolling but posting because you're like, where is do this? Do you ever see him at work? No. I think that we would have a bad relationship if we work together. Okay. Because he's very detail-oriented. He knows this. This wouldn't be a surprise. He's very detail-oriented, and I'm a little bit more, like, vibes. Okay. So I think that I would really stress him out, and he would stress me out. It's very stressful to work right after him, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. They both are, so. Uh, what's it called? Instructors. So my dad asks, always, it says, how soul cycle? And I'm like, I don't work there, but um, it's good. I'm solid core. Solid core. I, I mess it up a lot. Well, between Equinox, solid core, and um, spin... What the call? Why did I just mess it up? Soul cycle. It's hard to keep up. And I go to all of them. Yeah. So it's like, what's where is he? What is he doing? That's kind of the holy trinity time. of yeah. white women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And gay men. I am the yeah. Thank you for adding me at the end of that. <laughs> did you see any boys clubs this week? Um. Okay. So branching off that, my boys club is people who are comfortable, and this might apply to your roommate who's coming in right now, who totally can speak if he wants to, but people who are comfortable in a locker room. And sit there and chill. I think that is fascinating. Have you experienced these people? Yeah. Who like sit down and scroll on their phones as if they're in like a Domino's pizza. And I'm like, this is the, like my vibe in the locker room. I walk in, I go to a locker, I do my business. I don't make eye contact once I get out as fast as possible. Yeah. Like it is an in and an out. And like the people that find comfort and calmness there, I think that is, those people should be stopped. I... I've only ever enjoyed being in a locker room when it was in college and I was in like our team's locker room. Yeah. But then it's like, like a, a clubhouse. Space. Yeah, that's like a clubhouse. But in a in a gym. An equinox in a locker gym, room. I'm also like, it's gross in here. I don't want to be in here. I know. Long. I love bathrooms where you walk in, like the one at Union Hall where it's just a bunch of stalls. Oh, yeah. It's open and it's like, yeah, we're yeah. all in here. We're all in here doing our business. We're all washing hands next to each other. Yeah. That's yeah. what it should be. <laughs> no, completely. That Union Hall is the future of bathrooms. Yeah. It's so disorienting because most bathrooms in New York, or most places in New York, at least like like bars and restaurants, have like either single stall or something akin to what Union Hall has. But like when you yeah. go somewhere else and it's just like men's room, women's room, cowboys and cowgirls, you're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is not safe. <laughs> no, completely. Or there's just a drawing and you're like, mm-hmm. pants and a skirt. Hmm. Onward. End. <laughs> Scene. Scene. Hey Nico, did you see any boys clubs this week? I did. This is one our guest might also witness because of where I know which trains you're probably off of. But I'm often going down that way for work, and I always am around the time of like school getting out. So my boys club mm. is middle or high school 
boys Mm-mm. on the subway in groups. Terrifying. It is such an interesting examination of masculinity, and the performances are unbelievable from all of them. It's it's so funny to watch. If I'm far away from it, I don't like to be too close because then I don't want them to like. I, I'm always like, are they gonna think I'm a kid too and like pick on me? Like, See you <laughs> for who you are. It's so nervous, yeah. but um. It's it's so fascinating to see because there's always like one alpha. Right. He's not always the one you expect. He's not the tallest. He's not the strongest. He's just like the loudest guy. I know. Who's just like the just making the most racket and like, I remember what it was like to be a kid, and to like be performatively doing something so that everybody else was like, because you felt like everybody was watching you. Yeah. You know. Do you think you still do that? Not as much. Yeah. But like probably sometimes. Right. But you know what I mean when you think yes. you're like clearly performing for whoever is around no there was a and when i was in chicago i would ride the bus to work and i like started work at like 5 p.m or something so i would take the bus as school was letting out and just sitting there it was a very like a very tense experience because you're like are these kids gonna call me out for what i am are they gonna see they're like who knows what they're gonna say who knows they could say anything but whatever it is it would be terrifying yeah yeah it makes me think of that Mulaney joke where he says where they're like, eighth graders would be like, that man has feminine hips. And he's like, that's something I'm sensitive about. Yeah. That's how I They'll feel. They'll find your insecurities. Yeah. But I do like to examine them and watch them. I, I'll always be like listening to something. And then when I see a group get on, I'll just pause my headphones and just listen to whatever they're trying to And often it's upsetting because it's usually um, misogynistic and homophobic, a lot of the things that Oh, they really? Oh, yeah. So gen- what is this Gen Z? What generation is this? I guess so. Is there a generation after Generation Z? Well. That's the end of the alphabet, so I don't know where we're They're supposed to be better. Than we are, so I don't. That's so disappointing. I know it is. It honestly is. And in New I'm York, like, Damn, another crop of kids suck. That's a bummer. In <laughs> New York City, the greatest city in the world. So they say. Yeah. That's oh, very that's, disappointing. Uh, that's my boys' club. That's wild. Yeah, I taught. High- that's a true boys' club. They know it really is. But they're kids. So I mean, I also taught high school. Do you know that I taught high school? Yeah, I know that you taught high school. What I will say about those kids, the, no one was ever homophobic. They didn't like me for other reasons. <laughs> it never was about. They didn't like me because I was a <laughs> and little honestly, bitch. That's the scariest thing. I'd rather be somebody just be like transphobic because you're like you're just wrong. But when you don't like me for because yeah. you know me, it's like oh, that's bad. You don't like that's me for my truth. Yeah. yeah. You don't like me because I was sincerely annoying yeah. and even worse, bad at my job. <laughs> And they knew that. That's hard. Oh, one of your many jobs. Um, Too should many we, jobs. Should we bring our guest in? Yeah. Speaking of many jobs, I have no idea what our guest's job even is, and I'm actually so curious. And we're going to maybe learn about it. Our guest is a writer, a comedian, a writer-comedian, <laughs> a show host. Give it up for the very funny, the very talented, Clara Olszewski. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Clara. Did, I, did I leave out any titles? Um, Slayer of Kings. Slayer of Kings. Slayer of Kings. Slayer of Kings. Yeah. Huge. I like that. How are you today? Are you doing well? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. It's kind of nice out today. It is. It's actually really nice. I feel like we're like sedated energy, but I don't hate it. Like it's like NPR different. It's like different. I, I think it's like the it. weather. I think the weather is like we're all oh. going to be calm and peaceful today. Yeah. yeah. We always bring it back to the weather on I'm this sorry. podcast. I'm so no. sorry. No, no, no. We're happy. It's, it's keeping in theme. Okay. I love it. I mean, like people are always like, oh, weather is like bad small talk and like boring, but it's like it affects 
all of us every day. We it, know this. Small talks starts at shared reality, and then we find the common commonalities from there. Yeah, there's something about season changing that also just like makes me think of every single year, like little, little parts of your life where the seasons were the same. Like this is very like the end of a school year, and yes. the teachers are handing out sandcastle buckets filled with things that they're giving us like, presents. I don't know where I'm going with this, but like very just like end of the year vibes, end of the school year energy. You know what I was thinking of yesterday? I think we need to redo the calendar. And this, is oh. what I, this is what I mean by that. Because we, New Year's is like, Jan, obviously January. You And if, like, in the concept of, like, New Year's resolutions and wanting to do something, like, get in a new routine, nobody's excited to get in a new routine when it's 18 mm-hmm. degrees out. But, like, if, like, this week I was like, oh, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z all week, I probably could because it's just nice out. Counterpoint. Um, in January, New Year's resolutions are all that are keeping me functional. <laughs> like, if I didn't have True. that spurt okay. of this year's going to be different, I would just be in bed. That's okay. Do you want to go point. to LA this year for Q1? Do you want to go no. with me? All right. I'll go with you to LA for Q1 for three full months. I think we have a house cool. in the car. Let's do it. We're going to all get a house and we're going to get a truck. Yeah. And okay. we're going to go to LA and we're just going to drive around the, the truck. Wait. Okay. Counter counterpoint. Okay. In addition to New Year's being right now, I think we should shift the winter holidays to like february or okay that i'm january. in favor because that's when it's cold and yeah. you're like okay because in december it's like not even that cold yet and no it's like, i agree it's also really beautiful in the season. Yeah, yeah it's like nice and so the then snow if, is still exciting right so it's like if yeah. we it's like february i'm like so over it but if it's like christmas time i'm like okay well i'm in the i'm in the mood for it to be like i think this. that makes complete sense that i'm okay with we that. need to lean that's into ease with. as a as a species. Yeah. I become incredibly sad in those three months. Yeah, they because there's nothing to look forward to. It's just no. cold. Yeah. You're just trying to get your resolutions. Yeah. So I guess thank God for that. we got to do them together. Otherwise, it's going to be chaos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, speaking yeah. of resolutions, what was your resolution? Um, This year, I'm not sure if this year was a big resolutions year for me. Cool. Uh, You're like, I didn't need that. That, little crutch. that was when the Omicron spike well, was yeah, like, this, like, Yeah, no. this year I think I Actually, didn't have no. it in me <laughs> to even picture a better life for myself. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, the previous year we were still in quarantine, so it was just like, I gotta meditate. I gotta exercise at least three times a week. Yeah. I gotta journal. You know, I gotta keep up with the journaling. Of course. I gotta yeah. read three books a month. And oh. you can bet I did not stick to those for more than. Till like about this point. Wait, those were all your those resolutions at ones. one time. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. I'm trying to read more. I read so much when we were like really in lockdown, and I like, yeah. and I, yeah, that same. makes sense because I didn't have anything else to do. But oh I would god. love to read more. I mean, every time I get back into reading, I'm like, oh right, this so just helps me feel like a person. Yeah. And then I don't do it for months. To get no, lost totally. in a story. Yeah. I love reading, especially like, and I, I was going on a kick for a while of like nonfiction, like I don't know, books that like. Like, basically, like, a documentary, but reading. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then I got into, like, and then I started reading some novels, and I was like, oh, I forgot it's fun to, like, read a little story. Yeah, what, what were some like of your novels? Uh, one I remember loving, which I was, like, fascinated that I was so into. Have I talked to you about this book? It's called Less. Yes, about a gay man. And it's about, like, an older gay man kind of, like, finding himself. Okay. And I, which is such an experience far from my own. Down. Um, but it was just, like, very... I don't know, the way that it's written, and it's just like a very peaceful book. Like, I just felt... I actually heard about it on Las Culturistas. I think Bowen was talking about it. Mm. And that's what made me want to read it. Um, but it just, like, I don't know. I felt very, like, peaceful when I was reading it. It felt nice. very, like, calming, which I really enjoyed. What um, book did you read that we should all read? Um, I read both of Brandon Taylor's books, The Real Life and um, 
Filthy Animals. Real Life is a novel. Filthy Animals is sort of a hybrid novel short story collection. Both cool. of those were incredible. Oh, cool. Um, Wait, what was his name? Brandon Taylor. Brandon Taylor. Okay, I'm writing that down. He's great. Um, I'm trying to think. There was something that I was reading. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if I'd recommend it, but I do devour a, Sa- a Sally Rooney book. <laughs> normal, normal people? people. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, obviously normal people, but like even the, the new one, which like... Oh, Might be my least favorite of the three. I still read it so quickly. Wait, what was the new one called again? Like, uh, Beautiful World, Where Are You or something? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can, like, picture the cover because I've seen it around all the time. Yeah, uh, the Normal People was so funny. I read that as well during quarantine, and I was just cracking up at, like, how many people were, like, so... I don't know. I was like, this is just... I'm tired of both of these characters. Yeah. They need to get it together. Also, there was this whole element of the... His mom like worked for her. I don't know. That was kind of understated in my opinion. I was like, that's a weird dynamic, and we're kind of not talking about that that much. Yeah, that is weird. Okay, I actually only watched the TV series, and I actually didn't finish it, but I, I did start it. The TV series. I haven't either. I just know that the main guy is Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, are they engaged now? He's hot. Mostly. That's what Jesse's telling me. Okay, I've and also I... heard this very secondhand and not followed up on that. Me neither. Great. Are you are you um, seeing her when she comes to New York? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We which day? Um. Maybe the Wednesday? I feel like it's a Wednesday. I Not can't... Forest Hills. Okay, at the band show. Yeah. Okay, me, Maddie, and Jessica are also going, but I'll, I'll double oh, check yeah. which day we're going. All right. Yeah. I'm seeing Belle and Sebastian the next night. It's going to be such a twee weekend. <laughs> I feel like you're always going to concerts. I really like concerts. Yeah. You often go to concerts. I don't spend like a lot of money on like food or like clothes or anything. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, we're, we're going all in on concerts. I That's like beautiful. That. You spend on experiences. Totally. On, about feeling the music. That's yeah. one of the best parts about living here. It's like, yeah, anybody you want to see, they're going to come to New York. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I know. We get movies first. We, we get have everything. All the Broadway. First. Broadway doesn't even leave while it goes on tour, but like, we all, but the only ones at that. right here. Yeah, it stays right here. <laughs> you, think, you think the stars are going on tour? You think the, the celebrities on Broadway are going to follow the tour? No. They're not. What is a boys' club that you were not a part of? A boys' club that I was not a part of. People who would, uh, like, their first move in a conversation was talking about how much work they have, how much work they're doing, how much work they have ahead of them, kind of, like, going through all the things they have to do and all the things they have been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That specific character, and he's always out in the library. Yeah. (laughs) Just, like, pre-med or whatever business, yeah. And it's, like, especially because I was an English major, and, like, our work was just, like, differently structured, not as many, like, assessments they were always like listing things off. I'm like, yeah, I have a paper due at the end of the semester, but gonna go read till then, I guess. Like, yeah. and think about what I'm gonna prepare tomorrow. But they always love to like make you feel inadequate by not having lots to do. It's like I'm actually just gonna vibe. I think my move throughout all my schooling was like find out how little work I can do to maximize my grade. Yeah. So it, it was a lot of like not literally cheating, but just sort of finding ways around mm-hmm. and then just like procrastinating and then doing everything in a panic. So these same people would ask me what I have to do and then try to make me more stressed about what I, you know, try to yes. be like, what, then how are you here right now? Literally. Yeah. And it's like our all, brains all work differently. You yeah. Don't need to... Why is this what we're talking about too? How's right. your family? Literally. <laughs> I feel like I was a master at doing less. And I know this is against the honor code of my school. So they, they, they honestly can take the degree back. It hasn't gotten me anything. But like, <laughs> how about Where'd it? Where'd you go? I went to Elon University in North Carolina. All right. Have you heard of that school? I have heard of it. Oh, thank God. When people say they haven't, I'm like, oh, man. Um, okay, but like, I would, like, if we had one assignment, 
in like one class, I'd be like, well, I have all this research from another class that would obviously like fit into this prompt if I were just to repurpose it. And then you would, and it'd be like, then you do the research one time. Totally not allowed. But like, we're not trying to be here but forever. Like, why not? I know. It sounds, it's impressive to me. It's called resourceful. Yeah. I forgot what it was like, but for like poly- plagiarism. Yeah, and no, that's I forget I how they described it's it. It's like if you learn something for one class and all like apply that information to other classes, that's so dumb. I think it was like considered a misrepresentation of research. Oh, that you like didn't just learn it. Yeah, I wrote because in English I did like a media. This is so nitty gritty. I did like do the, like a lot of things about like the media, and then in pot like political science I would do this was my double, and then I would do. I thought I thought that it mattered, and it didn't, and then. <laughs> In political science, I did a lot on just, like, like the same, like, journalism. So I would kind of just, like, work, interweave things, and then not do research as much. Because be like, oh, I already did this on the, 19, on the 1917, whatever, race riots. I have, like, multiple papers on that. That event was my niche, everything. Anything that could be brought back to the 1917 race riots was. And honestly, like, I feel like, I mean, college is so much of, like, skimming the surface of things. It's like, it's probably better to have done a lot of research on... You probably learned a lot about that. I know. That's yeah. the one thing. I mean, now I don't know how a bill becomes a law, but like, <laughs> here we are. I have a great Schoolhouse Rock video for you. Oh, wait, <laughs> we haven't seen all of them? Which one? The how a bill becomes a law one. Yeah, oh you can watch that and you can get caught up. That's a whole poli sci major, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah. College, I think what we realize is that college is honestly dumb. Yeah. There were and a lot Schoolhouse of people, Rock is hella smart. And yeah. Schoolhouse Rock is what you need to know. Yeah, yeah. It's a, we had to, when I was in like third or fourth grade, we had to do the we had to memorize the preamble, and I knew it. Oh, I had to do that in rock. seventh grade. Yeah, and, it's and like, we were allowed to sing it. Yeah, I was like just like we had to write it out, and I just sang it in my head, and just, yeah, we it was so people. easy. Yeah. Wait, this feels bad to me now that we had to memorize that. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, of course, it's propaganda. I think that's yeah. Yes. No, they're trying yes. to turn us into little captains. And then, slaves, as an English you? major, Ugh. I had to memorize the prologue to the Canterbury Tales, which somehow feels similarly yeah. propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, everybody, everybody does the Canterbury Tales. Yeah, yeah, The classics. I don't even know if we read the whole thing or we just read, like, part of it. They did this whole, like, for, at my school for the English major, there was, like, the intro class was, like, you did, like, all of British literature in one semester and then all of American in another. And it was, like, and that's it. And, like, then you would go in these most specific, like, I loved all the, like, higher level classes that were really specific mm-hmm. themes. But, like, I was, like, I don't think I have a grasp on the British canon because I did it for a semester. Like, that's not... You need a whole doctorate for that. <laughs> Our only absolutely required courses, although there was some way to get out of it, but like basically it was major English poets. Mm. So I don't even have an overview of American literature. That was your... Bi- or even British prose. Whoa. Yeah. Like I read Alexander Pope. I don't need to have read Alexander Pope. Wait, that's fascinating. Did you guys do... Um, did you have to do Shakespeare? We had. I think we had to have one Shakespeare class that was a requirement. I don't remember. They yeah. also like made it better right as I was graduating. And I think they also, you had to have like one women-centric course. You have to, you have no, to read some lady books too. We, we didn't have to read any lady books. You but I did fully skirt by with no lady books. No lady books. I did one class that was all Jane Austen, which Wait, actually I loved. I did too. We read the entire works, which was... I also liked that class. Yeah. I think that's funny. It was comedic. She's hilarious. Yeah. She likes to just like, all of her books are her just being like, oh, these people are dumb. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, she's she's funny. If you can understand it, and if you can actually have the time to read, I—that was my least favorite part. They'd be like, "Okay, read two hundred pages before next class." And it's like it's two days away. I'm not gonna do that. That's fine. You can sk- skip all the descriptive paragraphs. Go right to the dialogue. Yeah, you'll have a oh, great yeah. time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Did you read Jack Kerouac? 
No. I read the first half of On the Road and listened to the first 45 minutes of Dharma Bombs, and I was like, like I get it. I I did like it. I was actually, I I had a lot of, like, toxic boy vibes as a freshman in college. That makes sense. I did, too. Yeah. Yeah. I... That, like, Jack, I took one class that was all Jack Kerouac, and it was like, I mean, now I have a You bring him up a him. lot. He's tattooed on my rib were, were you a, Were you a Salinger boy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Like, yeah. anyone that is, okay, and it's funny, so one book that I loved, this goes back to what we read over quarantine, I loved, what was it called? Sam Lansky's book, Beautiful People. And then the review, but it's about this, like, guy who's, like, got a drinking problem, and he's gay, and he lives in New York, and he's got a lot of money. And he teaches Soul Cycle. And he, he goes to Soul Cycle. He has a podcast. <laughs> me. He drinks literally, Fanta. I, anything that, it actually is really, what books you like probably are more just, like, how you see, a reflection of how you see yourself at any given time, and at least for me, they are. And But the review of that book, some sort of review that was just, like, oh, how hard it is to be you. And it's, like, hey, everyone's experience is their own, and it's true, and these are his struggles. But Jack Herrick's probably the same way. It's weird to me how angry self-indulgence makes people. Like, yeah. You oh. can just stop reading if that's not your Wait, thing. the title of the podcast is going to be It's Weird to Me How Angry Self-Indulgence Makes People. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. No, that's so true. People hate to see you having any form of self-love or self-indulgence. Oh, my God, it's nuts. Yeah. And, and they don't know that they cannot fathom that that is a self-reflection. And it's, ki- yeah. Oh and it's God, kind it's of like a woke thing to be, uh, like, it's, you're talking about woke people. People that are, like, woke. Yeah. God. It's like, sorry, my life isn't harder than it is, but it doesn't mean it's easy. I don't have, I have privilege. I don't have the most, but I do. It's yeah. Interesting. And it's also, like, let people take care of themselves, for yeah. God's sake. I also feel like kind of like let people be annoying. Like yeah. if it annoys you, stop reading. And if it annoys everyone, the book won't sell very well and it won't be a problem. Right. But if it's selling well and you find it annoying, like clearly other people are getting something out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. I, now that you're saying that, I'm like, what the fuck is even the point of like criticism in terms of like critically acclaimed oh. things? Like. What I mean, I think of a book like A Little Life, where I think there's been a lot of criticism sort of looking at the actual, how that book could actually impact people's lives. And then I say this without, if you ask me any follow-up questions, I'll be (laughs) like, I don't know, I'm repeating secondhand Mm -hmm. reviews that my roommate read. Right. Um, But like, I think when it's talking about like, what is the impact of this text? What messages is this communicating to people? And what sort of values is this instilling? That, I think, makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. When people are ready to engage with it on a deeper level, absolutely. The people that are just like, this is good or this is bad. We talked about this about people reviewing restaurants on TikTok. Yes. No, we don't need that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, so I saw one woman show. Text your friends. Yeah. Place is not good. <laughs> yeah. Don't go. <laughs> this one woman show that I was like, okay, this was an hour of great. It was great. And then I saw someone walking out and I was like, did you like that? And they were like, No. And Name I was like, what? what's the show? <laughs> you don't have cut? to, it's fine. <laughs> we can cut it out. Whatever. So then she was like, I hated it. And I was like, oh, but like, I'm like, that's not like, I sat there, I laughed, I enjoyed it. It was about he- topics heavier than me. And like, okay, you did, I'm much more like, you did it. You did your show. Woo. I also like, think as performers, we probably have a sense of how hard it would be to do a long show yes. like that. So, like, you're like, that was a feat. I literally was you like, know? good job. You did yeah. it. You finished your show. And then I was like, well, did you like this other one? 
And then she was like, no, I didn't like that because of X, Y, Z. I'm trying to change it. I was like, there's no way you didn't like this one. And then she was like, I didn't like that one either. And I was like, how easy it is to Wait, walk around Wait, how many one-person shows are you seeing? Um, I'm actually like really, thank you for asking. I'm like hot on one-person shows now. Nice. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it's like such an interesting like vehicle for someone to like tell their story. Yeah. I'm excited to see yours. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm ready to get about my dad. We... We were at um, Mike, Bur- Mike Burbiglia's one one person show. Oh shit, I'm jealous. Uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was when we were in LA, and we the people sitting next to us were a couple, a straight couple from Arizona. So the randomest place you could have said is Arizona. From Arizona, who are big Chappelle fans, they told us. Yeah. And they didn't like John Mulaney's stuff, New Hour, because it's too heavy. Even though it's not. He it's just, not heavy at it's all. It's just the structure of it is he talks about his rehab. But yeah. it's still very much in the same vein. He doesn't get I into it. I love light and silly stuff, like transphobia. Right. You know, something Literally. playful that the whole family you know, just can enjoy. That everybody loves, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't think we're safe with these two. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need to... And then the guy, the guy goes to Connor, who do you get? Who do you get all the time? <laughs> Sean Hayes. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say Edward Norton from Fight Club. No, that's my turn. I go, sometimes he gets Edward Norton. I was trying to be in your corner. <laughs> um, that was me holding space. <laughs> That is true. That is like, it is incredibly straight to tell me that I look like Jack from Will and Grace. Like, could you do a straighter thing than that? Literally. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. This, I was like, we just, we shouldn't talk to them anymore. And at first I look over, in LA, I think that everyone in LA is an important person. And I think actually the truth is that None of them no are. one in LA is an important person. Actually, nobody anywhere is important. That's that's the truth of it. <laughs> maybe the title is Nowhere Anywhere is Important. No one anywhere. I feel like Janelle Monáe is important. Okay, yeah. Uh, one Some person. people are important. She's probably in New York, right? The people that are important generally are women. Yeah, that's and they're quiet. They're about actually it. non-binary. Yes. They yes. Came out, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! Cool. Really? Yeah. We finally have a counterpoint to Demi Lovato. Huge. I <laughs> love oh Sabrina God. Wu's joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me the same gender as Demi Lovato. That's amazing. Also, um, like freaking what's it, Ezra Miller? The oh yeah, the one who assaults women. Yes. <laughs> There's room for bad trans people too, um, but yeah, those people were nuts. Um, Damn, okay. Wait, so then what is a boys club you were a part of? Uh, I'm going to go real literal. Okay. Uh, I'm going to slightly change the name. Taylor Lipschitz's 11th birthday slumber party. Okay. Oh, no. He, uh, he was a friend who's one of those random friends you sometimes have growing up where, like, you're not friends in school, really, but your parents are friends. Yeah. So, like, he was a big, he was, like, he was a real dude. Like, his hobbies were tech deck dudes. Yeah. Mighty Beans and GameCube. Mighty Beans. Mighty Beans. I haven't thought about those Mighty Beans ever. are the best. Yeah. What are Mighty Beans? Um, they were these like weighted bean things that were just ridiculously fun to like roll in your hand. They were okay. kind of like the original um, fidget spinner type thing. Yeah, you could just similar fuck around vibe. With them. But they also had like, correct me if I'm wrong, remembering this incorrectly, but they had like characters on them. Yeah. So you could get like... I don't know, the Hulk or something, and he would like... Do you yeah. feel like fidget spinners were the beginning of the different is beautiful mindset? Or it's like, actually, their brains work different, and that's cool. And that's awesome. I can see I can see that. I would read that essay. I, I wouldn't like read that, that essay. I would like... read the headline and be like, I already believe you. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> totally true. Yeah. That's what I feel. Um, okay, what happened? Okay, so he was a dude, party. dude. Um, so it was right, you know, so it was like, I don't remember. I, I think he was turning 11 because it was fifth grade. Okay. Um, it was maybe... Ten boys, one air quotes other girl and me. Yeah. Um, and I forget, you know, we did slumber party shit in the evening and then probably at like nine PM the quote unquote other girl like went home. 
Okay. And I didn't. And I didn't realize that I would be expected to. Ah. Oh my God, I'm so anxious for you. And so just like, it, like nothing happened. It was fine. Except then like I had a couple other kind of like friends there. Yeah. And just for years later, they would make mention to like, remember when you stayed at Taylor Lipschitz's birthday party? And I would think, when did we all like what? Because I used to have slumber part like sleepovers with my boyfriends. Yeah. Uh, and then apparently I had missed the point where that stopped becoming okay. Because I just wanted to play tech tech dudes with my friends. Right. Tech tech dudes were the little ones on the skateboards, you know, on the little yeah. skate. Yeah. Yeah. I. Oh my god, that feels so vi- like I because I feel like that age too was exactly when I was starting to clock that like, oh they're seeing a shift in how they view gender and they're seeing a shift in how they view me and I can now I'm on the outs and it's like it's yeah I missed I didn't have that self-awareness oh like it in a like I didn't have a slumber party but like in a similar vein like there were situations where I was like oh they expect me not to be here which is weird yeah oh that's nuts did it feel weird when it was happening not really I mean it felt weird because they weren't my close friends like they weren't people I would usually hang out with were so I thought like, it was kind of you... cool I got to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a moment where, like, they thought I was already asleep. And they weren't. They didn't talk about me, but they said something crappy about one of my best friends. Uh... And so I just sort of opened my eyes to be like, stop, she's my friend. And then I went back to sort of, like, trying to fall asleep. Whoa, good for you. <laughs> I probably would have just been like, I'm going to take that one to the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Saving that one for later. Oh. Clocking it in your brain. Fifth grade is such a... That, like, early middle school, that is really when... Because I feel like that's when all the, everybody starts to, like, have crushes. Yeah. Did you guys ever have the experience of, like... Like, I we had, like... our For whatever reason, our table... Like, our lunch tables were so gendered. They were, like, girl tables and boy tables. At yeah. Point. And especially in middle school. And then, like, I remember, like, one of the boys coming over to, like, basically negotiate a relationship on behalf of a friend. You know what I mean? Being, like... He brought he has a over crush the on terms. You, literally being, like, this is what we can offer you. <laughs> He's got a big crush on you. Yeah. We think you're a good match. Like <laughs> holding hands in in the hallway Literally. one day a week. <laughs> yeah. Um which like that character to me is so fascinating. Why he was just like no never in love himself kind of a wedding planner vibe. Like never in love himself but always picking all the battles for everybody. Gay question mark? Oh. Mm, I don't know enough about his life now. Okay. The guy I'm thinking of, but but Maybe. Who knows? I don't think so. Nothing that I've heard of. All right. Yeah. Did you have this? Oh, you went to an all-boy. Well, not in middle school. You weren't all-boys. No, in middle school it was. So my... Yeah, I feel like fifth graders work. It's weird. Yeah. And I was very much like... I was not a boy. Like, I was a boy, but I was, like, not one of the boys. Yeah. Like, I was on the baseball team for, like, two days, and it was really weird that I was there. I feel like everyone thought that. Maybe they didn't, but I felt that. But then I wasn't a girl, because it was definitely, like... Not the beginning, but the continuation of like like girls parties and like all like all the girls would be invited to a party or like all the girls would sit together and I was like, Oh, I'm not like actually in either of these camps. And I was like, No, you're a star. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stars are not gonna fit in either of these camps. These people are gonna stay here forever. Go. That's like in its get be- it gets better commercial. Yeah. But then um <laughs> by sixth grade I had a girlfriend, so who knows? Cute. Yeah, and now she's like married to a man, so I don't know. Did you like kiss? Yeah. It was yeah, it was very stressful. Kissing was very stressful to me. 
we kissed, but like not a lot. And I don't think, I think we, no, we did hang out, out outside of school. We went to see The Bridge to Terabithia. I saw it twice. Such a, why would you see that movie twice? I, I th- had such so a crush hard. on Josh Hutcherson. <laughs> okay. Aww. I was a child too, so it was not weird. No. I probably course. had a crush on Anna Sophia Robb, and she has such straight vibes that I feel ashamed of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. Both of them are very just like, straight energy but at that time he was a part of this like campaign that was like remember all the campaigns that were like it's okay to be different and it would be like straight but not narrow would be like straight guys being like i'm straight but i'm not narrow <laughs> like do you remember these <laughs> is that how we describe all the straight boys in the brooklyn comedy scene probably that's yes. how they would describe themselves they're yeah. all straight but not they narrow. all identify as people who are called gay in high school and it's like okay well yes <laughs> yeah, yeah so they can relate <laughs> doesn't mean you Slow can down, say buddy. these things yeah yes and then at the same time there were those hillary duff commercials and wanda sykes that yeah, were like yeah. do you remember these wait so i just had to explain it to a person and i was like i guess oh when it's, it's not cool to say gay yes do you remember also, this random that they picked hillary duff well she's <laughs> I'm so glad that they did. Yeah. It's so funny. But the ones who did, Wanda Sykes did the other ones. Yeah. Who said, don't say the R word. Or like, which is fascinating because Wanda Sykes is gay. So it's like, yeah, maybe it meant more coming from a straight girl. I don't know. I do think it's like how uh, men listen to feminist issues when a man says it. True. Like maybe homophobes or like straight people who just don't have a lot of awareness of queer issues sort of believe these things more when they're coming from the mouth of a straight person yeah i remember hearing ellen degeneres talking out and i forget if it was her special at some point she's made this statement where she was talking about her show when they were first trying to have it be like uh like a nighttime show or something and then some exec was like nobody's gonna listen to a lesbian at night and she was like okay what time will they listen to me (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah maybe literally that they're like nobody's gonna listen to a gay person on this we ought to get hillary duff on the front yeah. lines. <laughs> Who is the straightest woman we can find. Yeah, literally. Oh, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but sometimes, like, sticking up for, like, like, speaking up, sometimes I'm, like, so shy to speak up, like, a, it's transphobia, because I'm, like, everybody's gonna be, like, of course you care about this. Yeah. And it's, like, it probably goes back to that self-indulgence thing. It's, like, yeah, I'm sticking up for myself. Well, I feel embarrassed about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get I mean? so bad at it. Like, I was in an argument. Unfortunately, I didn't, it had been too long since I'd remembered the details of the episode to, like, be able to stand my ground and back it up with points. But mm-hmm. do y'all know the transphobic Atlanta episode? No. Atlanta, great show. Like, really good show. This is not me writing off Atlanta this is there was one really bad episode yeah and I ended up in an argument about it and I just had that feeling of like shadow boxing where as soon as I'm like talking about something that relates to me specifically I become completely ineloquent yeah totally I'm yeah, I mean, because it's hard because you're so emotional about it, and also now you're in your head that it's like, okay, now these people think this is why I'm, I care yeah, about that. They're gonna think I make everything about transness. Literally, and it's like, yeah, it's it's kind of prevalent. Transphobia is pretty prevalent <laughs> for the number. Of, it's like there's actually not that many of us. Why are you guys so obsessed? Yeah, we kind of come up a lot. Yeah, we come up a lot for <laughs> a population that's uh, yeah. pretty small. <laughs> Wait, that is like very accurate. Yeah. Do you feel like when you get to defend other communities, you're like, yes, now it's my time to well, be the advocate. The of like, you know, with like, uh, I would love to advocate for people of color as much as I can, but it's also like there's certain places where I feel like it's not my turn to speak. So then yeah. that becomes an issue. So then I'm like, okay, well, when it comes up, trans things come up, then maybe it is my turn to speak and I should be the one to speak on it. But then I feel shy about it. It's but, it's really hard. I mean, it, and it, literally the hardest part about it is that it comes up every day people misgender people us all the time and you have to you have in your everyday life you have to stick up for yourself and it's 
horrible and hard and I'm so bad at it. I've, I don't think I've ever corrected anybody on my pronouns in the moment. I, I, I will correct people on other people's pronouns. So uh, immediately. And yes. I consider that doing my due diligence. I'm like, every time I correct someone else on someone, every time I correct people on someone else's pronouns, that cancels out one time I didn't correct people on my pronouns. Yeah. I'm, still, I'm still doing the work. Right. And maybe it's like a big circle where it's like, I correct people for you and you correct yeah, yeah. them for me and then we can all like keep each other okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, um, I've like gone back and like spoken to family members and stuff about it like as like a pattern I'm seeing and I'm like we need to stop this but never in the moment have I had the guts to be like he when somebody has yeah. me I'll, I'll do that I will do it with my parents yeah yes that's the only time I feel like comfortable with it but like never a stranger yeah never an acquaintance or a friend like I just couldn't if it's a very close friend maybe yeah. if it's somebody where I'm like like you should really be at this point by now maybe yeah. but even yeah. if it's some like yeah sort of second tier friends like even like fairly close second tier friends I'm like nope I'll just we'll get to that later yeah I don't know how you feel about this but I've had experiences so many times where I'll get off stage after my set and somebody will misgender me I'm like I just did 10 minutes about being a trans man how did you miss that that's the only thing I talked about for 10 minutes (laughs) the other I often will open my sets with like I'm non-binary my pronouns are they them unless you say other ones I'm not confrontational yeah and I can't do that joke sometimes because people will bring me up as your next comic. She's so funny. You've yeah. seen her. Uh, and I'm like, well, I w- would maybe still do this joke if it were just calling them out for it. But it, a self-defeat, like I'm being confrontational if I tell that joke yeah. so it won't even work. I still get nervous every time I go on stage if I haven't met the host that they're going to misgender me. Yeah. If they've never seen my set before. Especially when I was in LA because it was all people I'd never met before. Yeah. Um, and I was like, really, and especially like, you know, like the book, you know, whoever's producing it is the people that like maybe have had any idea who I am. So then like the host doesn't know me. Yeah. I was nervous every time, especially like on like the bigger things. I was like, oh, what if they like, I don't know. So then um, thankfully it didn't happen, but I was like, but it still makes me anxious every time I go on stage. My one little saving grace, like, the one little bright side that I hold on to is sometimes if the host is also the producer and they misgender me, I think, cool, I didn't just get booked because I'm non-binary. Yeah. They didn't even <laughs> yeah. know that. True, true. Yeah, that's a whole other mindfuck. Like, I'm glad I can be your diversity candidate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you need to address gender in your set? Um, I mean, they're my strongest jokes, so in that way. No, because we no, talked about this, how it's like, I feel, I'm so obviously gay. And like, but I feel like if I'm in front of new people that don't know me, do I need to address it? And I like if you're just like a, a straight person, like you, it doesn't cross your mind. Like, but I think if you are like queer or like not expected, then like I think there needs to be an addressing of it early. There's also like for me, I want to address it because like there's kind of no such thing as like passing as non-binary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, with you, you can assume that people sort of see your gayness and that's part of how they're perceiving you but like you don't like there's no sort of record that you need to set straight necessarily or set gay Um, (laughs) I kind of want to tell people that I'm non-binary up top just because I don't want them to be watching a girl's a woman's set yes I feel like that's that's how I feel too I'm like if I I feel like it's a a moment for me to like let them know who I am so there's no confusion about it. Yeah, yeah, And I don't want to like, it's a time for me to like take control of like how people perceive me. Yeah. Um, I was just talking about that with my therapist today and I was like, you know, in two decades, if I'm writing about 
being a husband and a father, it's still going to be as a trans man. Like, that's not going... Like, you know, no matter what I talk about, my experiences, your experiences on dating apps are very fresh and fun, even though that's a concept a lot of people have talked about. They're fresh and fun because it's a new perspective we're not heard of before. And it's like, no matter what you talk about, it's coming out of your perspective. So it's like, you can't escape that. And I feel so pressured sometimes to like talk about other things, but it's like anything I think about, I'm thinking about through this lens. So like, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. But I agree with what we've talked about this before. Like, like sometimes the audience, I think if you don't address it, they might be like, like trying to figure figure you out and try to put you in a box and it's like okay let me just put this in the box that we have exist like the yeah. word we have for this let, yeah. I'll let you know what it is <laughs> yeah in terms of like not writing jokes that are about being queer or something it's like no I'm queer at work too and I'm queer at family gatherings I'm always queer yeah it always yeah. comes up so all the jokes it's are kind like, of a big part of it yeah. yeah and especially with gender it's like you're yeah it's every day all the time yeah yeah so, of course, it comes up yeah. when I'm at the tailor. Y'all were talking about bathrooms. Like, anytime I need to use the bathroom and there are just two options. Yeah. It's, like, oh. it's brutal. When we were in a bathroom in, uh, we almost flooded a bathroom by the beach. <laughs> we, that's really nice. <laughs> <laughs> we flooded the bathroom. Wait, it was, a, it was a urinal. I feel like everyone needs to know that. Yes, it, it was, was a urinal. urinal. He, he flushed <laughs> the urinal and it just, and I walked out of the stall and it, I just go, oh. And he turns and it was like gushing out. We're like, we have to oh, get no. out of here. <laughs> You're just putting water. Wait, you said this was at edge. a beach. We were at the we were at the Santa Monica, Santa Monica Beach. You yeah. were using the bathroom at the beach. Well, wait, it was too cold to go in the water. Oh. My dad does this thing when I was a kid where he would like go into the ocean and just like swim like by himself, and it would be like his time alone. And we would be like, "Can we go?" And my mom would be like, "That's his time alone." And he would like go way out, way deep, deep dangerously deep. Wow, I feel that's like he, dark. She loves him. She's holding space for him. I know. <laughs> and I feel like it was like his moment to live on the edge, like a moment where it's like, "Hey, my life isn't determined for me, and where I'm not trapped in this." In life. that moment, I wasn't a father. I wasn't a husband. <laughs> I was three just fucking me. <laughs> I remember, so we always talk about this story where, like, when I, he was probably 37 and I was, like, seven, and I was being so annoying, and he was like, you are a bother in my life. You are. And, like, I know, no, it's totally me, but you want to know something? Yeah, duh. Like, totally. We're so annoying. Always around. Never not there. Always expensive. To- I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, kids are a goddamn bother. Bother. Yeah, but bother. they signed up for, I mean, I guess now it's. Mm, yeah whether or not people are signing up for it is becoming a little bit more yeah uh, but like i know i, I think he probably I, signed I up him. for it i think a lot of people sign up for it because they think i think i don't think anybody's probably prepared for how life-altering and hard it's gonna be yeah completely well they don't train but like, you, you don't need parent, to and they should and those are feelings that people should make space for yeah but not probably not pass to the, on to probably the kid not to the kid yeah yeah, yeah. yeah he's bad He's bad. No. You love him. I love him so much. He didn't answer either of my calls today, but he's bad. Okay, so you guys are beefing. They were back to back. Oh my God, he just texted me. (laughs) He said, sorry, I missed her calls. Was napping. Getting ready to go to some cystic fibrosis gala. Wow. What a gay man. Going to a gala. (laughs) Going to a gala. That's wild. That's so Bless him. I love the way sorry I missed her calls. Yeah, he made, he made sure to let you know that he knew. I got both of your, all of your calls. All of the calls. Do you want to be a parent? Yes, like in, the, all, in a vacuum. Uh, in practice, I would need a partner who would probably, like, best case, if all my dreams came true, I would need a partner who would be willing to do, like, 60% of the work. Yeah. Uh, or upwards of that. So, like, 
it kind of depends on where my life takes me. Yeah, definitely. I know that's a hard thing about like thinking about if you and your partner are equally, I don't know, career oriented. It's gotta be like, yeah, well, who the fuck is gonna? Yeah. I would. Uh, yeah, it kind of depends. I think with like our career field, it's gonna be like year to year, month to month, like what your actual day looks like, depending on if you're writing or doing mostly stand up or whatever you're yeah. doing. It's like you might have, like if if my, if I was doing this just stand up professionally, I would have all day <laughs> probably yeah. to like hang out with the kids. Uh, but. Then that could change overnight, so who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you want kids? Um. Yeah, I want three. I want a middle child. You want all three gay boys? I want three what gay boys. What if you had three gay boys, too? I would be like... There's... I would test your family. I'd be like, there's the a case. witch. <laughs> we were cursed. I know. Isn't that so dumb? I still am in shock. It's so crazy to me. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I know what the curse was. It's a statistical um, anomaly. It's, it's a warlock. He was in love with your great-great-grandfather. Yeah. And your great great grandfather was straight, and he was like, "I am going to make so many beautiful gay men from your lineage, yes. and I don't age though. because I'm a magical being. And one day I will date a Janda." Yeah, that is so nice. So now you're gonna have three gay sons too. Yeah. Wow, I do want. I would actually call People Magazine if you had three gay sons. <laughs> I'd be like, "You guys have got to get a load." I love of this that. Story. That's your first, you're like People Magazine. They that's who needs that to know up. about this. Them in Lifetime, they would eat yeah, it up. Yeah. I'd sell. I'd sell you over in a second. I almost stopped talking cow. about it on stage because I do feel like it is so shocking, like that people are like, "Wait, we need a minute." No, people want to talk me, about it. To me, it gives off like Skylar Sisters vibes of like this like <laughs> utopia of like. Because I, I know the way you described your brothers, they don't actually seem that much like you personality-wise. No. But I'm just picturing They're this, like, at work right utopia now. of, like, funny, charming, handsome gay men. That's incredibly kind. Thank you. They're both, like, more introverted, bookier, more serious. Okay, that information's not going to stick, and I am going to stay with my perception of it. They live in Washington, D.C., if Rude. that means anything. It's weird. It's yeah. a weird place to live. <laughs> it's a weird town. Our nation's capital. I live in Brooklyn, time. and I'm always like, everyone leaves me out because I live in Brooklyn, but that's actually my way of bragging about living in Brooklyn. <laughs> like, I'm so different. I'm just so different and cool. Everyone no one ever like because I'm succeeding. Yeah. I'm not in everyone's Washington D.C. group chat because I don't live there. And it's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the New York boy. Okay. What is a boys' club you would like to see in the world? This is the hardest one. People. Oh no. Who uh, like. As just sort of part of their lives, regularly have sing-alongs. Sing-alongs? I'm not talking karaoke. I'm not talking one person in the spotlight. I'm talking sing-alongs. Wait, what's a sing-along? When everyone's singing. You know, like, when someone takes out the guitar and instead of trying to serenade a girl with Wonderwall, (laughs) they play Wagon Wheel and everybody starts singing Wagon Wheel and everyone has a great time. I have a great memory my roommate likes to do that because my roommate plays a lot of instruments and I have a great memory of walking in one time and he and a couple of his friends were sitting in here and he was playing Kyoto by Phoebe Bridgers on the guitar and we had the best three minutes of our lives singing that. I'm so with you. I love when that happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. A... Do you know, you love to sing. That feels very LA to me. That's why, that's what I, what are you talking about? Wait, honestly. That's everybody. I thought that I'm was going to be like Vermont. Week and he's like this. I thought it was going to be like the desert and we were going to be like. It was. It was all cowboy music. It, 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 it's true. I didn't hear Dua Lipa one Or like, time. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like summer camp vibes. Yeah. Not yeah. like performative vibes. Like this is not about how well we sing. This is about being together vibes. This is about I think that the makes community sense. formed by all singing a song we love. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. 
Wait, you should have a sing along in in the summer, and I'll go to it. And okay. it's like, yeah, the person who's has the guitar is not the performer. They're just kind of leading the group. Yeah. In a way that's like, I'll I'll give this to all of us by playing the guitar. I feel like I've never had a sing along. You've never okay. Have you ever been on a bus going somewhere and everybody sings? No, you're describing the movie almost famous. No, have you seen that? No, I no, have no, no, the no. Games. I'm talking about like a like a like okay, like I have memories of going to sporting events with my team and then we would play a song on like the um, speaker and then we would all sing it. Okay. What about being in a car with two friends and a song that was popular in oh, 2008 comes on Dirt the Road radio? Anthem by Jason Aldean. Sure, okay, sure. North Carolina. Sure. There we go. Country okay. songs are great for singing alongs, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even That's if it breaks your heart one. by Eli Young Band. Eli Young Band. Party in the USA, a classic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I and then there's voice. like a I love this voice club. Like sweater weather, like the sad indie like the yeah. sad mainstream indie songs that everybody yeah. or like Ho Hey. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Any Lumineers. Oh yeah, my any God. Lumineers. I have such this time of year reminds me of them. So much. I feel like pressure in the summer to like feel everything so fast and not, and like, not, and I don't know, like take, I feel like every year I'm like, I didn't do it enough, you know? Who's pressuring you to feel things? Myself. Okay. No, all the pressure that I've ever felt comes from myself, literally. Often as well. It's called anxiety. Today I was like, I'm so anxious. I'm being pulled in different directions. It's like, actually by who? And I'm like, oh, you're right. Myself. Yeah. I bet some of those voices come from something you heard in your early childhood. Like... I think that most of the pressure, my parents really, here's the thing. My okay. older brother, brilliant, perfect score on the SAT, Stanford Law. My parents never thought I was going to be that or wanted me to be that. Like when I was like three years old, I'd be like, school's not really my thing. That's my brother's thing. I don't do school. And then it was like, okay, well, you've decided that. No one told you that. And then I feel like I've like been alt ever since. Yeah, I, I, every time I feel anxious too, and I'm the same way, and I'll be like, I'm being, I have so much to do, and it's like, you set all of these deadlines for yourself. You chose this. Nobody is asking you to do any of this. Yeah. So it's like. Completely. You can, you can adjust this very easily. You're your own boss. Like, it's so dumb. Oh, no. Well, now, okay, so one time when I was having a fight with my boyfriend, what he said about a lot of this was, is this a result of drive or anxiety, which is a dangerous question. He was wrong. No, totally wrong. He's bad. He was bad. In this moment, he was very bad. But, like, it is true that sometimes it's like, no, this is drive and it's good, but at what point does it become, it's it's having the same effect as anxiety. Mm. Like, if when you wanted to schedule that read on Sunday, Uh and I was like, can we, I was so difficult. Because I was decided I had to go to an open mic. And it's like, could you not? Like, could this is, is this not more important? So in that moment, it's like, oh, this is actually anxiety. Like, so I think the difference between drive and anxiety is that drive sees, st- can differentiate stakes and anxiety cannot. Anxiety is just like always an alarm going off. Yeah. Whereas drive can like navigate a little more leanly and be like no this is more important than this drive can prioritize anxiety cannot yeah that makes sense oh my god i should read a book on this totally. oh, wow that was well, that was well you should give you should give talks yeah it's my TED talk on anxiety yeah to first year business mm-hmm. students yeah. <laughs> in their You're seminar yeah in their marketing 101 class yeah wait what if i get published one of those harvard business review books that has like one article yeah man- on managing on, up on drive and anxiety mm-hmm. Yeah. That would yeah. be such a uh, such a baller like left turn. I know. Yeah. People would not see that coming. If your yeah. credit was, you've seen it in the Harvard <laughs> Business Review. <laughs> is what I was saying. Getting back to my calendar discussion from earlier, 
that's something I've been trying to like retrain myself to do because I like I'll schedule myself schedule myself I'll plan myself to do 17 things in a day mm-hmm. it's just not gonna happen and I've been trying to get better about like making things easier on myself like I change the time I go to the gym most days because I used to try to do it at 7 a.m. I'd be like I have to get up that's and then I, I start my day by not getting up on time and already being upset with myself and it's yeah. like okay why don't you go to the gym at 11 and you will always make it to the gym at 11 because you're gonna be up in time so like just like not already starting the day pissed off at myself and already seeing myself as a failure because I just couldn't because I'm tired because I have a human body that needs to rest and it's just like such a fight to get myself to and then I'm trying to like slowly ease into like other stuff too like okay like not doing morning pages first thing in the morning okay maybe they're last thing you do or on the train or whatever like as long as it gets done who fucking cares nobody's checking yeah but you so who cares yeah see it's weird because like that's like the tango between drive and anxiety because drive sets all those goals right and drive is the one who still is upset when it doesn't happen but anxiety is the one that like won't move on right but it's like a goal right but it's like my the thing that that's a stupid thing that is like it always gets done like i do the things i need to do and i have enough internal drive to like set good goals for myself and get things done it's like what why does it matter when it happens as long as it's we're moving forward or we're doing something that's good for us like why who cares what time of day it happens or what order it happens in yeah or if you skip a day who fucking cares or a week if the end goal of something like morning pages is to be in touch with yourself and Mm -hmm. sort of you know to like yeah, yeah just that then if you're being less in touch with your own needs and raising your anxiety trying to do that like let's do the thing that serves the end goal instead of the thing that serves the step to get there literally yeah and like i've done now i've done morning pages every almost every day i've probably skipped a total of like between 10 and 20 days over the last year Mm. um but like like allowing myself to change the way i do them and like do them later in the day is the only reason that i still do them because it it feels easy in my schedule that makes sense and not being mad at myself if i miss a day or two or like you know Half the yeah. time when we were in LA, I didn't do it because I was like, just, it was not yeah. what I was going to do that day. Yeah. But it's not like, oh, I forgot to do it. But then I, when I go back and look at my notebooks, it's like, oh, I have this whole record of this last year, which has been so vitally important to my life just because of all the transition stuff. So it's like, I'm glad that I made myself do this and like, or like got myself to do it in a way that's easy because now I have all this stuff that I can look back on and see how I felt and which is like such a gift. Yeah. But it's like yeah. I'm glad I didn't let like my dumb anxiety get in the way of that. I haven't yeah. been doing it this year, but I can't wait till like a decade from now read some of my morning pages from like 2020 when I was like it was quarantine and I was figuring out the gender stuff. Yeah. There's going to be it's going to be a lot of weeds, but there are going to be some flowers in there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's beautiful. I love to look back and be but like... But inaccurate, because a lot of weeds are flowers. I wish I... <laughs> oh, my God. I love to look back and be like, you are so dramatic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But again, self-indulgence is fine. Why yeah. are we so upset about this? Who are we hurting? Yeah, <laughs> it, exactly. True, true. Um. <laughs> Wait, Nico, do you want to be a parent? Yeah, I think I do. Um, I. It's so hard, because it's like... Obviously, we all... That's how we got here, is we came from a, some guardianship. So, like, you... Uh, I think I just, like, I don't know a world where that doesn't exist. That being said, I do love, like, working with kids, and I think kids are a lot of fun, and I think it would be rewarding, but it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. So yeah. I'm not, like, super tied one way or another, but generally, I lean, I think I would want to. Yeah. You know? There's no rush. Yeah, we got so much time. Lots of time. And all of us probably will have to do some family planning 
science babies. Yeah. So we will have the time to think about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think more, more, more people should be encouraged to take the time to think about it. Yep. <laughs> um, sure. Is there anything, would you like to plug your socials? Uh, Clara Olshansky, C-L-A-R-A-O-L-S-H-A-N-S-K-Y on all of them. Yeah. Check them out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. TikTok. Pretty huge. So we'll kiss on three. One, two, three. Hey, boys. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Boys Club. Connor, where can they find you on socials? You can find me on Instagram at Connor Janda. That's C-O-N-O-R, panda with a J. You can find me at Nico Carney, N-I-C-O, Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y. You can follow both of us at Boys Club Comedy on Instagram. We have a monthly show at Club Coming, last week of the month. Uh, if you're in New York City, you better come hang out, come part, be part of the club. Okay, see you soon, boys. XOXO. Bye.